BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The royal family celebrates Commonwealth Day as Queen Elizabeth cancels her appearance but releases a poignant statement. She's just battled COVID. She's very, very elderly. Um, And it is kind of, it's a long time on your feet in an uncomfortable chair, up and down and things like that. Prince William and Duchess Kate skip the BAFTAs and William comes under fire for a statement about Ukraine. I mean, this was just a misquote that turned into just an absolute um, line of fire for William to be standing in. And Prince Harry is not attending Prince Philip's memorial. Royal expert and author Robert Jobson reveals what this means for his relationship with his family moving forward. I think that he's got a book coming out in which he's going to be rude and inevitably it's going to cause trouble between him and his father. We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christine. And welcome to another week of big royal news, Christine. Uh, This was a lot, a lot of big, heavy stories this week. A lot of exciting, interesting announcements. Um, Really, really good week for for royal stories. Definitely. And we're going to get right into it. But let's check in to see what you guys have to say about last week's show. And this actually got a lot of people talking Samantha Markle's case against uh, Meghan Markle. So Jonesy says, I don't think Samantha would launch an expensive lawsuit against such an infamous woman without having the receipts. I'm glad she's defending herself. None of Samantha's claims have so far been proven to be lies, whereas at least 17 of Meghan Markle's claims have been proven to be completely false. I really disagree with CNC. I like your naming us CNC. I like that on this. <laughs> um, if you were defamed to a global audience, wouldn't you sue? She has every right to have her day in court and let's see who's actually been telling the truth. I feel like a lot of people in the comments were taking Samantha's side in this. And it's interesting to see, you know, she really only sued for $75,000. So a lot of people are saying if she was in it for the money, she would have been doing it for a lot more. I don't know, Christine, what do you think? I think that that's a lot of interesting points. It really isn't. I mean, it is a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not an incredible amount of money. And it's a good point that, you know, if you were defamed on this global scale, you really would feel like speaking up and, you know, writing the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really interesting to see the different viewpoints. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. And, you know, like they said, like, are there receipts and what do those look like? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about Thomas Markle actually spoke out about it um, a little. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on the show. But CM says what's really at the heart of it. Read the damn file. It's really clear why she's suing. If someone made up lies that are, are verifiably untrue and it impacted my life, I would sue too. So 
Yeah. Like I said, a lot of people are t- defending her on this one. And then last one, Mark Fru says, um, Harry at the rodeo, a whole lot of tweets, uh, tweets, comments and stories have been pulled from the Internet at Harry's request. Apparently he was filming for Netflix and didn't want those things on the Internet because it's too soon. I think it could be true. Do you possibly? I've heard this a lot, especially when we see Harry kind of at these in these random places. There's a lot of people suggesting that he's there filming for Netflix or doing some sort of, um, you know, filming project that they didn't want to publicize just yet. So there's been a couple of instances where that's happened. So I wouldn't be surprised if that turns out to be true. I wouldn't be surprised either. either, And I'll definitely make for a fun scene, I would imagine. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into our royal roundup and kick it off with the royal family stepping out for Commonwealth Day. Now, uh, days before the event, Buckingham Palace did release a statement saying that the queen would not be in attendance, saying after discussing the arrangements with the royal household, the queen has been asked, has asked the Prince of Wales to represent Her Majesty at the Commonwealth Service at Westminster Abbey. On Monday, the queen will continue with other planned engagements, including in-person audiences in the week ahead. Now, Prince Charles, Duchess Camilla, Prince William and Duchess Kate were on hand with the Cambridges tweeting 2.5 billion citizens, 54 member countries, wishing wishing a very happy Commonwealth Day to you all. Um, are, are you surprised the Queen didn't attend? I mean, this is a big outing. She would have been on her feet for quite some time. So, you know, after battling COVID and, you know, being a little uneasy, I'm not totally surprised that she didn't attend. I know it is kind of she must have had to weigh those same issues. Mm-hmm. It's such an important day in her calendar. It really is a big event um, for her, her majesty in terms of, you know, being the head of state of all of these Commonwealth nations. But she's just battled COVID. She's very, very elderly. Um, and it is kind of it's a long time on your feet in an uncomfortable chair up and down and things like that. I imagine that just thinking about it makes me tired. <laughs> Seriously. But it is like you said, it is a big day. Um, a lot of people, you know, like the uh, the royal family did step in and uh, um, represent her. But it is it's a big, a big event that a lot of people look forward to. And it was canceled last year because of covid. Um, so this is the first time we've had this um, since 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite events of the year because it actually, although it takes place at Westminster Abbey, it's not an overly religious event. There's usually um, speakers and readings and musical performances and some dance performances representing all these Commonwealth nations. So it's such a beautiful event um, that the royals partake in every year. Yeah. And Kate, I mean, looked stunning. That yes. blue uh, <laughs> coat was to die for. And it actually, yeah. you know, yeah. the Royals always make a statement with their fashions. I mean, what kind of statement do you think she was making with this look? It was really, really interesting. Now, we know for sure the jewelry that she was wearing was really special um, because the last time she wore it and the only other time she wore it was when she met um, the president and first lady of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I think it was last year. And so she knew that we were going to make that connection. So I think that was very purposeful. That bright blue hue is also, you know, could be representative of the Ukrainian flag. I know she carried Mm -hmm. yellow flowers afterwards. So we may be reading a little too much into that because that sapphire is one of her signature colors but it was still really beautiful to see just those really subtle messages that she tries to send through her fashion yeah i thought it was beautiful and uh yeah one of one of my favorite looks uh, amazing (laughs) all right well prior to the event the queen did release a statement which in part read in this year of my platinum jubilee it has given me pleasure to renew The promise I made in 1947 that my life will always be devoted in service. Our family on nations continues to be a point of connection, cooperation, 
and friendship. It is a place to come together to pursue common goals and the common good, providing everyone with the opportunity to serve and benefit. In these testing times, it is my hope that you can draw strength and inspiration from what we share as we work together towards a healthy, sustainable, and prosperous future for all. I thought this was a really wonderful, wonderfully written statement, kind of bringing everybody together, especially at a time when there's so much uneasiness in the world, especially everything going on in Russia and Ukraine and things like that. So it's nice when, you know, you can have a statement of unity. Yeah. And I think that the Commonwealth, although some people and can find it problematic and there are some problematic aspects towards its history, I think ultimately it connects these countries worldwide. I mean, it's not just the country next door. It's countries all over the world being united. And I think, like you said, it's just having that unity is really powerful with everything that's going on today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So she released this on um, Instagram from Windsor Castle and um, and that's probably where she took everything in and was probably watching along just uh, with everybody else. So, yes, but on the same day that Queen Elizabeth announced that she was not attending Commonwealth Day, Prince Harry revealed that he will not be making the trip for Prince Philip's memorial. Now, a spokesperson for the Sussexes confirmed to us weekly on March 11th that Harry will not travel to his native country for the service of Thanksgiving, which is set to take place on March 29th. However, the prince hopes to visit the queen as soon as possible. I know that everything is going on with the security and that is um, a reason, probably one of the big reasons why, but this seems a little surprising to me that he's not going to make the trip at least alone for Prince Philip's memorial because considering how close they, they were. It is really, I think it's disappointing for a lot of royal watchers that we won't see him. Um, he did make the trip for the funeral. So, you know, you could draw similarities and say what's really the difference between coming for the funeral and coming for this event. I, I do wonder what his reasoning is and what, you know, the rationale is, because I think he did. There was some people citing that it was the the issue with the home office and, you know, that battle continues. Um, but I just think it's really sad that he's not, that he's going to miss out on another, you know, major family event. I think so too. And Robert Jobson in our interview coming up a little bit later on does make the, the point that he is going to be traveling to Holland for the Invictus games shortly after. I mean, granted, you know, it's not London, central London, and, you know, maybe he has different protection while he is there, but he is okay to travel overseas. So it is uh, a little disappointing and, it makes you, of course, want to read into it a little bit more. Are these rifts deeper than we thought? Um, is he nervous about seeing his family? I don't know, but um, I'm not sure. I don't know if we'll ever get the I right know, answer. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions. And there's like you said, it's, you know, people are asking those questions like, OK, you can't come to this, but you're going to come to you're going to go to the Invictus Games, where I think that he would have um either comparable or less security than what he would have in the UK. So one is okay, but one, I mean, who knows what's going on in through what's going through his head, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Prince William and Duchess Kate did not appear at the BAFTA awards. This is a little disappointing. Now a source told us that it was due to diary constraints. However, William did record a message. So take a look. Good evening, everyone. As president of BAFTA, I'm extremely proud to see the work that BAFTA undertakes year round to provide opportunities and support for talented people to develop successful careers in film, games and television. 
Yeah, as the president of the BAFTAs, um, I always look forward to them stepping out and, you know, having this big red carpet moment. And unfortunately, we didn't have that this year. I know it's one of their most glittering, literal red carpet moments of the year. People really, really look forward to it. Um, but I do know that, you know, with the Commonwealth Day service the next morning, perhaps they had an idea that maybe the Queen wouldn't make it. And then it would be really disappointing if Commonwealth Day didn't have the Queen or the Cambridges. Right. And I do think that the BAFTAs are quite a late night for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I do see that this was just probably a scheduling conflict. And, you know, they prioritize Commonwealth Day, which I think says a lot about um, how they view their position and where their priorities are. Definitely. I mean, looking back, do you have a favorite BAFTAs look of theirs? Oh, my goodness. I um, I always think about that amazing one shoulder, white one shouldered mm -hmm. McQueen gown, because on anybody else, it would look like a bridesmaid's dress. But on Kate, she just looks like ethereal and beautiful. And it's just such a knockout dress. <laughs> so beautiful. And then I think in 2020, she wore this white and gold outfit as well. I'm trying to look at it right now, but she was uh, yeah. it, it just looked absolutely beautiful. And they it was like in celebration of their 10th anniversary. And it just looked absolutely amazing. So they always step out and always look amazing. But, so, you know, a little um, unfortunate not to see them at this year's event. But like you said, Commonwealth Day was the next day. So a lot going on in the diary, as they said. Yeah. They're just so busy. <laughs> so busy. <laughs> um, well, a misquote of Prince William's statement on the war in Ukraine received a ton of backlash online over this past week. So they visited the Ukrainian Culture Center in London, where he said everyone is horrified by what they are seeing. It's really horrifying. The news every day, it's just it's almost unfathomable for our generation. It's very alien to see this in Europe. We're all right behind you. We're thinking about you. We feel so useless. Now, several outlets picked up a widely misreported quote from a reporter inside the event via the press association that Prince William had said Britons were more used to seeing conflict in Africa and Asia, adding it's very alien to see this in Europe. We are all behind you. Now, the misquote comment quickly drew a ton of backlash online with Africa and Asia comments sparking accusations of racism. Even CNN's Jake Tapper also weighed in on the controversy, taking aim at the partial quote, saying it's very alien to see this in Europe. And he shared a photo of Wallace Simpson and William's great uncle Edward, the Duke of Windsor, uh, shaking hands with Adolf Hitler. He wrote, read a book about your own family, dude. <laughs> Now, this this and the, the reporter that was in because obviously they have a press pool and uh, the Royal Rota. So there was only one reporter in there at a time. So he is responsible of taking these quotes and dispersing it amongst all media. And he was definitely probably fired <laughs> or at least <laughs> reprimanded for this one. I, <laughs> don't call yeah, me on I, that, people. I don't know if he definitely was. <laughs> I, I definitely don't think he's going to be invited back on a pool event anytime soon. No. Um, this was so terrible. I watched this just completely spiral out of control, um, you know, from being misquoted, just how it really. And this is such a good example to Harry and Meghan's credit of what they're really fighting against and what they are really passionate about is sort of the, you know, these issues with the media where they take something. I mean, this was just an, an a misquote that turned into just an absolute 
um, line of fire for William yeah. to be standing in. And then all of a sudden they were digging up all sorts of other, you know, races. It just really spiraled. And, you know, um, to, to William's credit, I think what he said, while maybe I think he was just trying to comfort these people mm-hmm. in this incredibly difficult situation. And I think if he had sat down and written out a comment, it would have looked very different. But this really, I think, was heartfelt, you know, him saying, in our generation. And it's true. We haven't seen this kind of conflict in Europe in our generation and just kind of trying to be supportive. But oh, I saw this just spiraling yeah. and just dizzying how um, how terrible the commentary was. Yes, it really was. But it just shows you got to be thorough. You got to be accurate. And, you know, uh, a word here or there can change the context drastically. And it was unbelievable. And then I think that there, it also raises a conversation where a lot of people saw the misquote, yes. but not a lot of people saw the correction or not as many people saw the correction. So it is so important to make sure when you're in the position of, of journalism, of being a member of the press, that you're mm-hmm. being fair and representative. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure he learned his lesson. <laughs> All right. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. um, like we said, the Invictus games are right around the corner and Prince Harry chatted with members of the Netherlands team in a very cute clip that was posted on Twitter ahead of the fifth annual game. So take a look at this. One more time, guys, please. You know, I need to get this right. And I really want to get it right as well. So how do I say good afternoon? You've done a great job in Dutch. Okay. Goedemiddag. Jullie hebben het goed gedaan. Goedemiddag. Jullie hebben het goed gedaan. Yes. I'll tell you. Sounds good. Yeah. So the Invictus Games, like we said, are right around the corner and they have been delayed um, due to COVID for uh, the past two years, I believe. So it's nice for them to get back on track. And, you know, Harry um, seems to be really excited about it. Yeah, this is, you know, this is one of Harry's really his greatest accomplishments, his Mm -hmm. biggest projects. And he's so passionate about this. I loved this video where he really gets kind of silly and, um, you know, kind of gets in on the fun. And you can tell that the volunteers and the workers thought it was hilarious and i think they just appreciated that camaraderie with him yes definitely i love this all orange outfit that he rocked at the end i mean he really got into character he really he did care. good for him he's clearly passionate about about the games and about you know supporting um the volunteers that bring them together yes definitely and it's going down um april 16th through the 22nd so he will be there on hand no word if megan and the kids will be making the trip as well but um like you said this is something that harry is very very passionate about and it's nice to see see it back in action all right well now it is time to spill the royalty and like we said thomas markle has spoken out and it's ready to give evidence against megan in a court case involving her half-sister samantha markle he just launched a youtube channel and he spoke out about it so take a quick look i've been trying for almost four years to uh, get to see my uh, my my daughter my daughter and her her uh, uh, ginger husband Uh in a courtroom face to face i haven't seen them face to face and i haven't seen my grandchildren so uh, no i'd be i'd be thrilled to come to court and and talk and defend my not so surprising that he made a YouTube channel. Actually wondering <laughs> what took so long. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he 
I mean, it's kind of like the same thing that he's been saying over and over again, that he backs up uh, Samantha Markle. Um, he has evidence as well that um, that can discredit what Megan has had to say. He's been trying to reach out to them for four years. He wants to go to court to face them because that'll be the only time he's been able to see them. Um, yeah. So this family drama just continues. You know, we've said it so many times. It's just such a shame that this has to play out on a public yeah. forum. This really, I really feel like this is something that you deal with privately. Um, I, it doesn't surprise me that he's made a YouTube channel because Thomas Markle is just so desperate to have a platform where his side of the story can be heard. I do find it really interesting that both Samantha and Thomas Markle are saying, listen, we have proof, yeah. you know, like, like they said, like we've got the receipts to back this up. Yeah. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. But at the same time, I just desperately wish it wasn't playing out in such a public way. It's uh, it's so public. And uh, yeah, you know, who knows? I mean, they like you said, they could have these receipts. Why are you suing for just seventy five thousand dollars? Like we said up top, if you wanted more. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to prove a point, clear their names. And maybe then they can move on. I don't know. But it's it seems like like you said, it's it's heartbreaking to see this kind of play out in public because, you know, family drama is real and it's among every single family out there. But nobody else has to deal with it on such a, a, a public place. Right. My family drama does not sell newspapers. <laughs> no, mine doesn't either. <laughs> mine definitely doesn't. All right. right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules. And to help us do that is royal author and expert Robert Jobson, who reveals where Prince Harry stands with the royal family after he decided to cancel his appearance at Prince Philip's upcoming memorial. Take a look. We just uh, got done with Commonwealth Day. I mean, in your opinion, how did everything go? How did everything look? <laughs> Well, yeah, it looked, it looked wonderful, and it was a lovely service. Of course, it was missing the star of the show and the Queen, but unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about the ravages of time, and clearly what's been happening lately is the Queen's struggling a little bit with her movement. She's recovered from COVID, and that's a great thing. But I think that, you know, you, one must accept that 96, there will be occasions where she hopes to be at events and she can't be at them, even if she really wants to be at them and it's disappointing for her but I mean it, it is what goes with the time you know some people can't even walk you know, you know and some people can't even you know do the things that she does she's mentally um agile mentally uh, fit but sometimes physically cannot do the things that she wants to do yeah um I mean could the queen possibly not attend Prince Philip's memorial in at the end of the month? Well, she'll again have to think, see how she's feeling. I'm sure that she would desperately want to attend that because particularly as the funeral had to be, although it was terribly moving and brilliantly done, had to be curtailed because of COVID, I'm sure that she would desperately want to be there. Mm-hmm. But if she can't, she can't, and she'll be well represented by her eldest son and heir, the Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. I know that the, you know, usually Buckingham Palace doesn't, are, are they're not really forthcoming about her health and things like that. Could it, you know, is, is it possible that maybe she doesn't want to be seen in a wheelchair? I know that she has had a cane um, in the past couple of appearances, but is it possible that she just doesn't want to show, you know, the signs of aging? Well, I don't know about the signs of aging. I know that she wouldn't want to be appear in, in a wheelchair. Um, I remember when Princess Margaret appeared in a wheelchair, it was quite shocking when we saw her. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I mean, she doesn't really want to use a cane, but she has been able to have to use a cane to give her extra support. But it's difficult. And the palace have got to play ease, um, day by day as well. I mean, things that, you know, we've never been in this position. The Queen's the oldest 
um, monarch of all time, longest reigning, but also the oldest reigning you know, by some time as well. Um, so, I, you know, we've never been in this position before, but as I said, she's ably supported by the other members of the royal family, but notably by the Prince of Wales. How do you think the royal family feels about Harry saying that he is not attending Prince Philip's memorial? Well, it's disappointing. There doesn't appear to be any serious reason why he can't be there. He's going to um, Holland for the Invictus Games um, shortly afterwards. Um, all this business about, you know, he doesn't feel safe, can't get the protection that he needs. Um, I think he's a bumpkin, I think it's nonsense, because all you have to do is hire former royalty protection officers that are you know, no more than 50 years old. They tend to retire quite early. And they'll be in the loop for protection and um, you'll be as safe effectively as if you'd had your own armed bodyguard. So I don't really, I don't th- I don't buy into that. I think that he's got a book coming out in which he's going to be rude and inevitably it's going to cause trouble between him and his father. If he talks about the Duchess of the future Queen, the consort, the Duchess of Cornwall, um, maybe he's worried about that. But I think it's hypocritical to say that he doesn't feel safe in this country. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's scared to face his family, you think, in a way? I don't know, but I think any young man, particularly one who was guided so well by the Duke of Edinburgh, and I've written a book about the Duke, and I know that he was a fine man, somebody who dedicated his life to service and to the crown and to the off and the caring and loving his wife, the Queen, and showing due, due deference as well as um, care for her. Um, I, 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 he was at the funeral. I think he should have, whatever is going on, he should have been at the, he should have been at the service of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think he should be, but I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he feels too awkward to do it. Yeah. Do you, have you heard anything about the status of their relationship with Harry and Prince Charles and Harry and Prince William? I mean, you know, it, it seems yeah, like I've heard, I've heard I've heard a lot and I've read a lot of nonsense, but I've heard a lot. I don't think there's much of a relationship between Charles and Harry at the moment. Yeah. All the stuff about them having long conversations, I don't think it's true. Yeah. And do you think it's just going to get the rift is going to get even deeper once uh, the book comes out? And do you, have you heard what could be in the book? No, I haven't. Um, but I mean, you know, the fact is, Harry was only a young boy when his mother died. So and he was only a young boy when all these major issues were going on. Um, look, it's going to obviously reflect upon his life. And we'll have to find out if he, what he's going to say in it. And. Um, you know, Lee said through this mended, they used to say, and I feel that, 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 that as, I think this could be something that never heals. Mm-hmm. How do you think Prince Philip would, because I know Prince Philip and Prince Harry had quite uh, a deep relationship and a deep bond. I mean, that has to be disappointing to Queen Elizabeth, knowing that he will not be there to uh, commemorate Prince Philip's life. It has to be disappointing. No, I'm sure that the Queen knows that, that Philip and that Harry had a great relationship and, and they enjoyed each other's company. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's disrespectful personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that um, he will come back for the Platinum Jubilee at this point? I mean, there's talk that he will do. Um, but one has to be invited. One has to um, be part of the picture. And I don't know if he's even been invited. I don't have a clue if he's been invited. I'm sure that they will invite him, but, but it becomes... You know, almost embarrassing when you're on the outside and you make all these comments about your family that they're racist and um, deeply damaging comments that, have, that have not, are not true, but have caused 
a lot of her, um, it's very hard to just forget about them just for even for one day. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the grand picture, I mean, why do you think he did it? I really don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I think he was, if anybody was advising, if I was advising him and I'd known him for a long time, I would have said, again, sometimes it's best to say nothing because mm-hmm. it's easier to heal. But when you become so outspoken, so publicly, there was no need for them to make some of these allegated claims. Well, Robert, thank you so much. It's always great to get your perspective and opinion and good luck with the with the book that you're writing right now. And I can't wait to chat in a couple months when, uh, when your book about Prince William drops. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Prince Harry can get back on track, especially with this book coming out later this year. It just... Uh, doesn't seem likely. (laughs) (laughs) More family drama that I wish would play out in private. Yes, seriously. (laughs) Well, let's actually, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, let's go back to where kind of the royal family drama really started. And that was back at Commonwealth Day back in 2020. This was the last um, royal appearance for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle as working members of the royal family. And it was there that we saw uh, Prince William and Duchess Kate kind of give them a little bit of the cold shoulder. It was really that this was the time that we realized, oh, wow, this this rift is real. I know I have seen so much micro analysis of this event, of the video footage of who's snubbing who and who's walking where. And it's really interesting. You know, all the body language experts come out telling you, you know, how, how, you know, tense the situation was. And to be honest, it did really look tense. You know, it it didn't look as, um, you know, normally they're really happy to see each other. Everyone's kissing and smiling and chatting. And this, this particular year, you could just see the tension between the families. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the last time that they were all together. I mean, two years ago, which is, Mm-hmm. Crazy. Oh, God. I can't believe it was two years ago. That yeah. seems <laughs> seems not time flies. <laughs> it really does. I can't believe we've been talking about this fight for two years. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And one of Princess Diana's closest friends has opened up about her grief 25 years after her tragic death and her joy of being Prince George's godmother. So psychotherapist Julia Samuel told the Observer magazine, I feel lucky. I was such a good friend of Princess Diana and I really love my godson, George. And it's a lovely way of loving her. I feel like, you know, you don't really know too much about who sometimes who the godparents are or some of Princess Diana's closest friends. Friends, but it's nice, you know, so many years later that um, Princess Prince William and Duchess Kate decided to bring a member of her close friends into their circle. I know they're really doing a great job of kind of still making Diana a part of everything that they do in their family and also, mm-hmm. you know, connecting Diana's friends and family who I'm sure feel, you know, without that, without Diana there to connect them, they probably feel really lost and distant. So it's a nice way to keep people, you know, connected together and, you know, reminding each other of this really important person that was important to both, to everybody in this story. Definitely. Definitely. Nice to see and nice to hear. All right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. This week, there's so much to get through. There was a lot of heavy stuff this week. A lot of heavy stuff and would love to know what you guys have to think about it. So please let us know in the comments. Keep subscribing and we will see you guys next week. Bye.